0: Man, we might actually suck. Eight wins almost feels like a generous prediction now. And as far as quarterback one is concerned, everybody listening and watching, I'll take my flowers now. The commanders wore all black on Sunday, and it was a massacre as far as I'm concerned. But here we are at the funeral party, as you can see in the background. And welcome to the 90th edition of the sidelines washington podcast where we take command for the silent sports network i am your host and head of NFL operations here parker hamlet if you're listening to us in the all your realm guys make sure you guys follow uh subscribe leave us a rating and review if you're watching us on youtube you see my little backdrop right here it's a little bit morbid uh make sure you guys subscribe and uh, click the bell of course as always on notifications we've got exclusive youtube content coming up as always here for our post-game pod week four commanders fall to one and three, last in the NFC East after a 25 to 10 loss in Jerry World. But hey, at least Dan and Jerry got to take some cute little pregame pictures together in that crisp 80-degree stadium. Uh, if you came here for blind optimism or fan policing, this is not the podcast for you. Commanders lose three straight to Dallas. Dallas has won five out of their last seven against the Burgundy and Gold. Uh, They now lead the series all time 76 42 or 45 and 2. You know, today obviously going to be a lot of negative talk overall, but you know, it. Thinking about it now, I mean, you know, we're already in mid season form here. Uh, but as always, we're brought to you by our sponsor as well, Prize Picks. Make sure you guys download the free Prize Picks app today. Use our limited time offer, promo code SSNWFT for $100 instant deposit bonus match. Download the free Prize Picks app today and get the party started. Take advantage of our limited time offer. But joining me to revel in our misery, as always, after another loss is a very special guest. I just missed him uh, week one at FedEx Field. Uh, you know, wasn't going to pull a Miami Dolphins and roll him out before he was medically cleared, but it seems <laughs> as if he is good to go. My man, host of the On the War Path, Corey Sanchez. Corey, hopefully you feel a lot better than this team looked. But no, uh, I feel like I got punched in the nose, kind
1: of like this team did, and then more. <laughs> Uh, you know it's gonna be interesting when people are listening to this, and they're gonna see like I didn't know Wilfred Brimley was black, so you know it, it is what it is. But let's talk about the diabetes testing supplies that is the Washington Commanders, though Parker. And appreciate you having me on here, bro. But no, I, I mean you know. We talk about blind optimism. You know, I'm not going to give you your flowers just yet because uh, you, you 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 put that up in Carson Wentz's head where you said, hey, I hope I'm <laughs> wrong about you. Like I said, y'all, the man has iron. So the director of Longwood football, it has some stones to go on there. And, you know, I, I say that to the man, although you were right. And they shout out to Scotty Abraham. People were giving him ham sandwiches and everything because of what he said. And it came out to be true. Like I, I you know, I, maybe yeah. it is
0: too soon. That's a good point. Maybe it is too yeah. early to give me my flowers, right? Too soon. Uh, I will, too soon yes. I will say. Carson, obviously amazing to have you on. Uh, If you guys are listening to this, I advise you watch just to see how much of a trooper Corey truly is for coming on the show today, Uh, honoring our obligations here. But like he said before we came on, his family, it's what we do. and We're here to talk B&G, even when it is a tough loss. But, you know, quarterback one I thought looked pretty good in that all blackout uniform. Uh, it, It was announced before we recorded our last podcast, Corey, that The commanders are rolling out the All Blacks early. It was originally stated or slated for the game against Minnesota in November when I was actually going to, or still am going to felt like a very very desperate move to me Corey. what did you make of the black uniforms well maybe uh, about them coming out kind of early kind of last second notice obviously they're available for order now people more more than likely not getting them until maybe mid-december but how did you feel about that being announced kind of earlier in the week did that feel kind of like a desperation move to you or or was it more like a look good feel good play good kind of thing yeah
1: no no it wasn't anything about the whole damn week was about the black uniforms parker it's a football game. It's a team that's two, one and two going into this game. We haven't been able to score offense. We couldn't bust a grape in Welch's backyard if we, if they gave us a hammer and split them all over the place. That's the problem, bro. Like we we are so consumed with um, you know, with, with these exterior things and not being about the business, right? It's a, oh, we look good in black. Everything looks good in black. That's why we go to funerals and we wear black all the time. That's why they say big dude like me, 320-some-odd pounds, I look slimming in black, right? That's what we say. Black is beautiful. We know that. We get it. Now, the Bambas who saying, oh, you look like the Steelers and everything, hey, y'all can go play in traffic because you don't look <laughs> like the Steelers because Steelers don't have burgundy on them, and they don't have that, that neat little camel strip down the pants. Now, we look good. Although we played like dog uh, feces out there, we looked good. We postured Like, you know, they said lipstick on a pig is still a pig. And we look like a dick. We look like bacon out there. Um, But, you know, what, what burned me up was two things that burned me up. And it didn't even happen on the field. One, if you go back and look at the uh, when they were getting on the plane, right, and this is showing you kind of the dis- disconnect, I think, what's going on with the team. And this is about your boy Carson Wentz, right? Everybody else wearing team sweats, T-shirts and everything. Brother Man had a suit on. He had an Easter suit on in October, bro. I didn't even see that. He had an I... Easter suit on. He had a sky blue, pink and everything on. He looked like he could have been running Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. And that's what happened. We melted all over the place, brother. And then, um, you look at yeah, the anesthesia is still up in here. So I got, I got I got a run with it, Parker. Quality uh, content, keep uh, it coming. Yeah. Oh, you know, hey, uh, but and, and then the the other thing that burned my nose is no pun intended. It's <laughs> the fact that Dan Snyder and all them boys. Was taking pictures at the
0: star with Joe I have never seen that before. Dan couldn't the- even wear team colors. Tony got the yeah. mo, but Dan couldn't. Even- Dan's wearing he was blue. Wearing
1: Dallas colors. He was wearing <laughs> Dallas colors down there. At least wear black, bro. Like, do you not have any black clothes on the lady S? Because you know this thing probably it, it's probably like a transformer, so it's like Optimus Prime, and it can roll <laughs> into the into the Gulf of Mexico, right, and go all the way up to Arlington. They just drive, just rolled are Like who's that? This Dan status robo boat that was over in Israel last last month. So, bro, I, I I don't know, but it, it's just, it's disheartening. It, we can't do. We don't do small things. We don't do the little things right. The easy things right. We make easy look hard. And I don't know where to. And then you got Ron, uh, f bombing and s bombing, uh, and his <laughs> uh, and his press con- I'm like, where was this at? Where has this been at the last three weeks? Why don't you light up your team? Why don't you light up your cut? That's another thing. The accountability, Parker, is atrocious. We get it. I know the players are lacking. Bobby McCain should be sued right now for being on a football field. Kendall Fuller. I don't know who that man is wearing twenty nine. That's not Kendall Fuller. Somebody's stealing money. That's like a. That is a carbon copy. That is an imposter right there. That that is not Kendall Fuller. Willie Jackson the third. No, like these guys aren't making money. Cole Holcomb. Cole Holcomb, what you trying to do? It's your He's contract here and you blame He is. And I get that he switched from Mike linebacker. But let's be honest. Cole Holcomb was okay, average at best linebacker before he moved over to the Mike spot. It's just none of this makes sense. And I get the players doing it, but with it, Jack, I think Jack got the message because I think the defense has played better in some spots. I think sometimes it's the, the talent deficiency that gets in. But what are the coaches doing? The reason I don't get it: Why does Steve Russ still have a job, mm. and the linebackers don't? And the linebackers aren't communicating right. You only got three. Uh, you only got two linebackers. You out there. You got the easiest job of all the coaches because you got to make sure two guys know their assignments in the most part. Like, I, I, bro, I don't get it, making the
0: easiest things look hard. Yes. And, 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 and you know, obviously, for those that aren't familiar with Corey, he's a lifelong fan on the warpath. Obviously, you're hearing some great sound bites here. You can check that out over on his channel, live streams all the time. Going to be on the show this upcoming uh, Wednesday. Very excited about that. But, I mean, you know, you're, you're hitting all the nails on the head, Corey. At the end of the day, this is a new level of an ineptitude. A level of yes. ineptitude that we did not see last year. Maybe we saw it in moments with Taylor Heineke. But you have a $28 million quarterback under center here. This was an offense with three legit wide receivers. Uh, you, you got your tight end back. You know, maybe you didn't expect this offensive line to underperform as poorly as it did. But, I mean, you return with all your defensive starters. But to see them play at the level, like you said, it just looks like a uh, different – it looks like they're, you know, imposters out there, doppelgangers, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson the Third. I mean, these are guys that you're potentially talking about not even, like, returning next year because of how poorly they're playing. And we'll get into their grades here in a little while. But, you know, excuses are like assholes, like Montez Sweat said. Everybody's got him, and he continues to now not have a sack in four straight games. So inactives yeah. going into this uh game against Dallas, Sam Howell, Cole Turner, Chris Paul, Tariq Kessler, Fields, Daniel Wise, nothing crazy right there. But you know, my guy, as you said, Carson Wentz, I think he's a great <laughs> way to start this conversation. You know, going into this game, uh, throughout the week, I I, I took down a particular quote because I thought it was interesting and I thought it was gonna bring be a very interesting talking point post-game, and it turns out that it was says that he was not worried, Ron being, about Carson Wentz. says, I'm not worried about Carson. Carson's going to bounce back. He's a very resilient young man. I love his press conference, accepting responsibility. And he put it on himself and tried to make sure everybody understood that this is a team game. We're all culpable, and I don't disagree with him. We're all culpable, myself included. There's always been in my opinion Corey, you know, I'm not here to do a character study or a psych study on Carson Wentz, but there's always been kind of a lack of accountability for him in my opinion about what he can improve on as a quarterback. Uh, you know, being on his third team in three seasons. And you know, I mean a zero lack of uh, just a lack of urgency in general seems to be the overarching thing with this team, but it was definitely one thing that, you know, in my opinion hurts Carson Wentz. And you know, I said all summer that he was his ego's always been protected. I said he's been soft. I say he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the National Football League. Twenty-seven and seven, you can shove it. I, I, I was. I said anything in regards to excitement about the acquisition it, it is mental illness. I said that back in March, and I said he. It's up to him to prove me otherwise. You can see why Cole Beasley didn't sign here. Uh, you can see how Jimmy G dodged a bullet. I still don't even believe that, that report is trash. Or, or that that report isn't true but if there's one thing that i took away from sunday Corey, is that they do not trust this guy uh-huh. the play calling says it all 12 of his 25 completions came at or before the line of scrimmage nine came within five yards of the line of scrimmage and then two only two completions of 10 yards or more beyond line of scrimmage and, th- and those are next gen stats mark bullocks he, he's amazing but you know, I love my guys over rough the district Nathan Stoner, uh, Trev. All of them, you know, something that I talked about on the show last week as well was that you know, they kind of looked back to last year and was like, Well, we're at the same point going in week four, then we go get a big win against the Atlanta Falcons on the road, a gritty road win. Uh, you know, you would think that you know, Cooper Rush was a, 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 a beatable opponent, even in Jerry World. But, you know, let's go back to a year ago today, Corey. 2021, uh-huh. weeks one through four, they were eighth in EPA. They are 28th in EPA in 2022 to start the season. You know, y- you saw Kyle talk on Twitter, Kyle of the Burgundy Zone. Make sure you guys go uh-huh. subscribe to the Burgundy Zone. Ask, what is the disconnect for this offense? You know, people have talked about it being some kind of combination of poor offensive line play and quarter- poor quarterback play, but, I mean – Carson's average time to throw was 2.10 uh, seconds, and and before it was 2.58. Jacksonville's 2.69, and then it was 3.14. So obviously it's the fastest time of the year on Sunday. I don't want to pardon the offensive line, but I mean, you know, you this is the NFL. You got to get the ball out of your hands quick, and that's always been uh-huh. one of Carson's biggest weaknesses. But this team, it at this point in the season, week four, is worse than it was last year with an easier schedule and with a quote-unquote better quarterback. Who is the uh-huh. disconnect on this he, offense, in your opinion? I think it's Scott
1: Turner. I think it's Scott Turner. It's Ken zampese uh, And I, I think that they're failing Carson Wentz in the uh, grand scheme of things. Uh, and that's not to me defending Carson. It's the fact that there is no continuity in this offense, Parker, when they're calling plays. I mean, you're running – everybody in the building knows I, I'm like if you got two tight ends to the left and, and a lone setback you know good and well that we're gonna run the ball left we we know that I said oh this is a run I, I was like oh this is a run right here oh this is a pass play it's the same thing over and over again it's
0: almost like they know what's coming yeah because exactly they,
1: do. they know what's coming and then I mean they're not they're not setting Carson up for success like I get it part uh this has a lot to do with him but if your quarterback, like, he's double patting the ball when he's like, that is a sign of fear and angst. We know that. He's, like, patting the ball. Like, I I mean, I don't know if this is something he's doing with his daughters at home, like when they're baking cookies or something. But he's literally patting the ball twice. And I'm like, they're in his head. Somebody, they are living rent free. And I only think we gave up a sack to Micah Parsons yesterday as bad as this offensive line has been. Uh, you had a, I hate to use the term "bum," but you had this Bama, Trey Turner, who didn't do anything the whole time in preseason, and they wanted to put him as a starter, but they couldn't. And they finally said he was wrong, they were wrong, and they put Sadiq Charles in there, who became the new turnstile uh, turn up there. I'm like, like, make it make sense to me. Make the offensive play call and make sense. And then the penalties... That's discipline, man. We're undisciplined at the line. John Matsko and company, who I've sung their praises, him and Travel Wharton, they've got to get this right, man. Like, I, I, I just don't know where the disconnect is, but it's just being undisciplined, and then there's no accountability for Scott Turner because we had last year, and I was kind of shaky about Scott Turner, and I'm, like, more like this is just like, yeah, this guy's not... He's not that good because you look back at Carolina, right? That offense... If I, and I'm i free-balling this right now, but if you go back and look at that last four, uh, four games in 2019, that offense averaged, I think, three to four turnovers a game in that last month. And we have not gotten better with that. He's finally got a quarterback that can make it happen. Like, that can make things happen. And Carson Wentz, if you give him... The right tutelage. If you have got somebody smart enough to go, like, you know, you know what Carson Wentz would be if he had like a Sean McVay right now, he'd be Jared Goff. He'd literally be Jared Goff. And I mean, I mean, people want to say say that, but I'm like, you need a guy, Ken Zampese. The only quarterback he's ever uh, like like really worked with, right, was uh, Andy Dalton for the most part. And then when he became the offensive coordinator. In Cincinnati, he was fired after three games because they were so damn
0: terrible. I mean, look at at the Monday Night Football game right now. You you got all these former Washington staffers on, on both organizations. You've already brought up Sean McVay. My brain automatically goes to one guy, and it was the guy who had Dwayne Haskins, God rest his soul, popping at the end of his rookie season. And that was Kevin O'Connell. Yes. Kevin O'Connell turned the shit for the Minnesota Vikings. You know, has Kirk Cousins under center. That offense is looking good. I mean, team totality, kind of, you know, irrelevant in my opinion. But Kevin O'Connell was a guy that I was very much looking forward to being the next head coach of this organization. Then I'm going with Rivera. Rivera, obviously a big Scott Turner guy. You kind of talk about Scott Turner's offensive ineptitude, it's well documented. You said you were kind of iffy with Scott last year. I personally never been a fi- a big fan of his yeah. play calling. I feel like a lot of this stuff was just kind of built in it, excuses wise. It was like, oh well, once we get more stability under center, well now you're performing worse than you did with the undrafted free agent quarterback last year. Yeah. I mean it's I mean eighty six passing yards in the first half of the last three games combined. That's six quarters, man. And 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 Wentz's quarterback rating just keeps declining. Week one, 101.0. Week two, 99.6. Week three, 71.0. Week four for this game, 56.6 being the QB rating. We rank 32nd in yards per play. This is bottom of the league bad offense. And I definitely agree. You, you don't put all this on one person at the end of the no. day, but Carson is ahead of this ship. And, you know, 18 points the last two weeks. I mean, three groundings for Carson. I mean, you might as well count them as sacks. And, you know, there's going to be, it's going to build some resentment here at the end of the day. I heard JP kind of talking about this on his show. You know, Carson at 1.8 completions in the first half of 50 yards. He said, you know, players are going to start getting pissed with Carson's inability to get the ball out. He kind of talked about how, you know, RG3 Haskins, you know, both guys that have been benched for their inability to kind of understand that they need to get the ball out of their hands a little bit quicker said that it's unfair to the other 52 was something they said about Dwayne specifically. So Carson's final numbers, 25 and 42, 170 mm. yards, uh, one touchdown. Uh, I think uh, one interception. I'm not sure. I don't have the numbers up in he front had two of me. Interceptions. Two interceptions, interceptions. excuse yeah. me. And then two sacks for fifteen yards. And then today, you know, it, it's already that time of year. We we just got to Halloween, or I mean, we're just we just got to October, and I'm already getting ESPN notifications. Should Sam Howell be the starter? And Corey, you know how I feel about oh, Sam. I have you? You know, nothing would make me happier than to see that guy on the field. But we're talking Week Four. That's just how bad this offense has been. We are talking bottom of the league offense. And, you know, if Carson starts every snap through the bye week, he will reach that 70% threshold that turns a 2023 uh, 2023 third rounder into a second, the conditional pick. Uh, They're estimating that'll be by about week 13 against the Giants. I don't know if I can make it this long watching this offense. Something has to change, whether it be the coaching staff, whether it be the quarterback. This is just an awful product, Corey, and it's just a disservice to to content creators, fans, media. I mean, this is just an, an absolutely awful thing to have to watch every Sunday at the end of the day. I mean, these first halves, it's getting to the point where not only do the opposing defenses see everything coming, but we almost see it coming, and it almost makes it impossible for me to generate almost any excitement or even try to sell any excitement or optimism about about what this offense can be because they're just that bad early. I mean, you know, yeah. so many people thought we were going to win this game because it's Dallas week, rivalry week. But my biggest thing was, what has this team shown you to even give you any sort of optimism in regards to them being able to pull out a win, you know? And, I mean, I'll say this. There is talk of Heineke. I think bringing up how is is kind of ludicrous right now. Just over oh. – jumping over Heineke, who started all last year for Ryan Fitzpatrick went down – do you think that the comp pick will be a factor? Uh do you think that they're going to move in a lot sooner? Uh you know, personally I Taylor was ha, provided some fun moments last year you and I week 2, you know, uh-huh. great feel good moment. I think it's too early for how I think Taylor's firmly earned that number 2 job, but you know, I feel like Taylor's mobility is going to be a huge factor, but how do you feel about Taylor Heineke possibly being a a factor in this quarterback room moving forward? When do you say it's too soon? Or, or what at what point really do, do you put in Heineke? I you know
1: what? I, I just it, it's a it's a means to no end. At this point, I'm not the biggest Heineke fan. Yeah, I call them, these Heineke fans, I call them Heineke hopers because people are out here like all the time. They're just like uh they're like me and Michael Irvin, they're just snorting up stuff with your nose, and you gotta go in there for surgery <coughs> and stuff after this. But I'm like, I just I don't I mean, whenever you want to throw them in there, uh I, I just think we're gonna get we're gonna see more of the same with Heineke. Uh, you know he he he, he hasn't built on his arm strength. We're gonna have those noodle no- nose. Uh, my one of my boys calls it the VHSL arm uh <laughs> out there, and uh, you know NFL play sixty arm that he has. Please, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. Old Home Depot is um uh, it is it, it's a means of no end. Uh, it, it, at this point, it really doesn't matter. It helps I'm no on, one. Yeah, it, no it helps one. no one. Um, and to this point. I would kind of bypass Heineke if it is Kate. I want to see what I have in Sam Howell because if Sam Howell's not the guy, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud coming out, Levis out of of Kentucky, uh, those are some good names that are are coming out in this NFL draft most likely. So do we want to start there? And then it it builds to another question too. Uh, Do you just want to hit the restart button? But the question is that is, Who's hitting the restart start button? That's the biggest question. Who is it? Like, I, I hear people talking all the time. They're like, I we need to start the experiment to go get, we got to start the Sean Sean Payton campaign. One you want we've had retreads, we've had Mike Shanahan, we've had um, we've had Ron Rivera now. Obviously, it's not that doesn't work for us. No. And, and it might be up at the top, I don't know, but. At the end of the day, like there's like we're kind of stuck in this football purgatory right now because we're damned if we do, we're damned
0: if we don't, and and we're just sitting here. We're we're the laughing stock of the league. Yeah, I mean, and these are laughing stock numbers we're talking about here. You know, I I remember before we played Philadelphia, I talked about how Dre said that there was a lot of slurping up of Philadelphia, but this is just bottom of the league types of performances from the commanders here. And I mean, you know, we we all know the stigma that follows. You and I have dealt with it our entire fan lives. But at the same time, you know, it does start at the top. You you talk about ownership. Uh, You and I don't think we're going to waste our breath with that. So then it comes down to a matter of Ron, who has a monopoly of everything, including personnel. And, you know, you sit here and think, are they really going to go swing on another veteran quarterback? Because something that I was very... I condemned this front office for, for getting once because it seems to me like they're scared to draft a quarterback and, and take that chance and invest maybe like the San Francisco 49ers are a trade-up like the Niners did in Trey Lance, uh-huh. really take that big swing. And, you know, I, I remember referencing Shannon sharpson and, and Sharp said, hey, if I'm getting Lance, I better get an extension with it because it is a process. But Ron's a whole nother conversation. I don't think they yeah. have the balls to draft a Stroud or – really any of these guys upcoming i I think if you're talking a young guy it's sam Howell. but you know you have to think I, i'm all for jumping over taylor but i you have to think is putting sam Howell out there with this just piss poor offensive line ineptitude at play calling is it the best idea who knows i will yeah. say that i think sam Howell probably has a uh you could argue the best arm of, of of this entire group. You could argue he's the most mobile. You could argue he is the most upside. And I'm and if they are going to make a change, I'm a lot like you. You take Hal off the inactive List and you see what you got here. But you know, some people saying that it's way too early to get up on Carson Wentz. I can certainly understand that argument. But at what point is it going to be enough? Comment below if you're watching us on YouTube. Let us know at what point what is it gonna take for Carson Wentz to be pulled from under center for this Washington Commanders offense. You know, I I take no pride in any of his downfall. I, nobody wants this to work out more than me. But at the same time, you know, it, like you said, it, it's one big cohesive unit being the yeah. offense, and it's hard to put all the blame on one person. And, you know, Carson slamming the tablet after that picky through, you know, third straight game of less than 30 yards in the first quarter. You know, at the end of the first half, he was 8 of 13, 50 yards, one touchdown, one interception hashtag fire scott turner so you know scott turner already a guy you mentioned you know let's get to our weekly slander of scott turner you look at these numbers at the end of the first half right now and you know cowboys were only up 12 to 7 at one point you know only scoring drive for washington in the first half coming with seven minutes left in the first quarter or in the first half in general seven plays 65 yards three minute drive and then the first half in totality they ran 28 plays 142 total yards 5.1 yard yards per play one scoring drive uh, one turnover, they lost in time of possession. Uh, they had eight first downs, three in the air, five on the ground. You had JD McKissick, your leading rusher at the end of halftime, with five carries. Ugh. And you know, to this point, you know, he had a 33rd yarder, which was the longest of his career. My thing is, why stop running the ball? Antonio Gibson finishes 13 carries, 49 yards. They finished with 142 total yards on the ground, and 28 carries. 5.3 yards per carry. I mean, you're, you're five yards a carry right now, Scott Turner. Uh-huh. Go to this well until this well runs dry. Terry, I mean, you know, he finishes, I think, with 15 yards in the first half. Carson, you know, up to that point, obviously, the protection being piss poor, 14 dropbacks, one sack, four knockdowns. Obviously, I think I know the answer to this question already, but do you think that this hashtag, Fire Scott Turner, had, uh, is justifiable? I mean, this is something that's kind of starting to circulate. Oh, yeah. On Twitter now, you said you were kind of wishy-washy on him last year, but do yeah. you think that he deserves a little bit more of a rope? I mean, some people no. are saying that we need like an eight-game window with Carson and everybody to kind of see who this offense is. But have you seen everything that you need to see? Yeah, out of Scott Turner, absolutely. I've seen enough. Uh,
1: enough is enough with him. I, I mean, Parker, you look at this. Uh, the And they started reading on his runs too, right? I mean, had, like we said, Jonathan, Jonathan Williams – it's not a back out of a threat out of the backfield when it comes to the passing game. But we're gonna run like a fake, like a pump fake pass and hand over to he, and then he's too
0: cute with it, man. Yeah, it's too it, much motioning. It's yeah,
1: it just it, it's not the bread and butter. And a smart uh offensive mind would do everything they can to get the ball in Terry's hands. That's what and you didn't do. It. I think what he had like four or five targets. Get them going on an end around or something. Where's this trick play? You talk about trick plays uh, coming into the 2021 season. How many of these have we seen? The only one we saw I can remember is that failed gadget play that was almost intercepted in Detroit. Oh, that
0: flea flicker, and, and then and, the timing and, of that call.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, and I don't mean to change the conversation, but ineptitude across the board. Special teams, right? And I don't know. I don't know if anybody mentioned this. Washington converted its first field goal of the season yesterday. Or, or, or my, or That's Sunday. a great
0: nugget. I didn't even realize and that. Then
1: also, the fact that F.E. Obata, who's been in the league for years, didn't know he could take the block extra point back for two is deplorable. You've well, got to know that. I knew that. Did he like, not
0: know? Whoa, whoa, he didn't know?
1: He was like, he was looking like, he was like, do I pick it up? Oh, remember, right? he was like, do I pick this up? Okay, He's that makes a back. lot more sense now. That's why he's like, he, 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 clearly he doesn't. He didn't know. He, he's like waiting on the Calvary. Like what? Like, hey guys, do, do I pick this up?
0: Pitch it back. I mean. Yeah, pitchy,
1: pitchy, it, pitch it woo-woo, man. I, I'm telling you, it's just bruh, it it, it it's not good. Uh you know, and, and I don't mean to talk negative about the team, but it's just, no, but I just mean, you have a choice. I mean, it's yeah. like watching
0: a different game, Corey. And I mean, yeah. you come out in the second half and, you know, you, you, with a pretty nice, you're pretty, I think your first third down conversion of the day. uh, six, Well, not your first, but I mean, a really good drive looks like starting off the second half. Six plays. 13 yards in totality that led to nothing. At one point, you're at seven possessions, five punts, and then you're running screens on third and 27. And then you're still, you're still within punching range. You're at a 15-10 game right. here. And it was crazy to sit there. I don't know if you saw the graphic or not on the broadcast of what these teams did with their 44-play size and, and just how much more offensive productivity Dallas was getting than Washington. And, you know, don't even get me started on what the, what the fuck Scott Turner is doing with well. the tight I mean, Cole Turner was inactive, I understand, but Logan Thomas, you know, getting a pretty sizable amount of targets, but I mean, nothing's coming out of it. No creativity with the big guy, but I mean, the problem is, is that you had a lot of people saying that Scott Turner was a head coaching candidate, someone ah. that he groomed up or something like that, you know, but you know, before the season started, he got his nice little extension. So like I said, some people saying he was head head coach material. Let's look at the take a look at these receiving numbers. We already talked about the running game, but Dotson had three receptions on four targets for 43 yards and a really nice touchdown. But I mean, you know, at breaking today, you know, hamstring injury possibly after a few weeks. I've seen everything I need to see out of him. I mean, he's breaking every record for a rookie receiver in Washington. Of course, his fourth touchdown, second most all time by a Washington rookie through four games. Uh, you know, Curtis Samuel, who seems to be the focal point of this offense, who, like you said, I think could definitely be utilized more. Four uh, targets for 38 yards. no, excuse me, four catches for 38 yards on six targets. Thomas, like I said, had six targets. Terry had six targets, but only got two for 15. You could argue that a lot of this had to do with Trayvon Diggs, who had his nice little uh, seatbelt game over there. You know, it, it just makes oh, me damn. think, man. Yeah. It really makes me think, you know, about how we talked about how, Carson had never had a number one receiver in his career. And him and Terry were going to make this Washington offense great again. And I'll tell you another number that jumps out at me three targets for Antonio Gibson. You got to get this guy the ball in space. You know, it's a former college wide receiver. You know, they, they, they said it after the Jacksonville game, we need to create more opportunities to get Antonio ball, uh, Antonio Gibson, the ball, out in open space and just let him be a playmaker. It's just like, there's no identity for this Scott Turner offense. And I don't even want to say a mad scientist. Cause it almost makes it sound like I'm complimenting him. It just, it seems like the guy just doesn't know what he's doing. I've seen everything I need to say out of him. There seems to be this weird subsection of the, fan base that just it almost is apologist him. i've seen everything i need to see so hashtag fire scott turner i'm all for it you can bring in anybody at this point i feel like they'll be able to cook up something better I, I don't quite feel the same way about the defensive side of the ball but you know with, with jack Dario. but the offensive final numbers 17 first downs 10 through the air six on the ground 5 of 15 on third down absolutely putrid both teams 13 total drives we had 4.2 yards per play 33 minutes edging out Dallas in the time of possessions. But, I mean, Corey, you know, since since the Rivera era started, look at these numbers at the end of the day. We have been 30th in scoring margin, 31st in half points margins, uh-huh. 28th in offensive EPA, 30th in yards per play, and 32nd in turnover differential. These are all bottom of the league in the quote-unquote Rivera Era, So this is his guy, and he is at the top of the food chain here. You guys can talk about it, Dan, all you want, but all this stuff comes down to Ron and who Ron likes. And if the Sam Mills firing shows you anything, he waits too damn long and too damn yeah. late to make the changes that need to be made. So let's move on to the offensive line and talk about some of these PFF grades. Leno got a 74.5. Norwell, oh, God, who was blocking Leno at one point, got a 61.0. Uh, Nick Martin didn't get a grade, but I mean, I guess he took some cute pictures with his brother, Trey (laughs) Turner, a guy you already mentioned, Ron said he hadn't quite recovered from the quads. Sadiq Charles, Sadiq Charles of all people, Corey is starting at right guard moving forward. Sam Cosme, solid game, despite what Twitter will tell you. He says the ship has not sunk. He finishes with a 78.5 grade. He needed that bounce back game more than anybody. Something you mentioned already as well is that they kept Micah Parsons in check, who I thought was honestly going to finish this game with three sacks. You know, Bates and Thomas both 58.0 pass play, uh, blocking grades. Definitely not too hot. Michael Phillips of the Richmond Time Dispatch has been on the show before, Corey, tweeted out and put over uh, Commander's offensive line coach John Matzko, saying that you know they dealt with a lot of bullshit last year on this offensive right. line, and they were able to come out on top. He's very skeptical that Matzko is the problem here. So Obviously, you've mentioned Trey Turner. You know, why do you think this unit is such a liability all of a sudden? You know, Matsko's a guy that I've spoken very highly of as well. Uh, You know, I I put out a a tweet talking about how maybe Commanders fans took Brandon Scherf for granted a little bit. I can understand how that's a moot point. I I know that he didn't want to be here, but that was still an all-pro. You had a right guard, and now this team is just absolutely struggling to get any type of consistency in the interior side of this offensive line.
1: Yeah, I I don't know where the disconnect is, man. I I mean, you know, Chase Roulier, uh, you know, he had his injury again, and uh, you know, somebody was trying to say he was injury prone. I was like, this is the first time he's really had a major injury was uh, last season into this season, but and he's probably still recovering from that leg that he messed up in Denver. Uh, but he's been like it, for people who love PFF, he was like a top four center. A couple of years ago. So I don't want to hear that about him. But I, I think the fact that you lost a lot, especially interiorly, uh, whether you let Sheriff Walk, how do you let how do you disrespect Eric Flowers for the third time? And mm-hmm. people are asking the question, Well, why don't we go out and get Eric Flowers? If I'm Eric Flowers, I'm not coming back here. I'm not getting mm-hmm. disrespected again. And I think that's where we're seeing a disconnect right there. Uh, you know, and Charles Leno has done real, I think he's done great. Agreed. Given given for what he, he's had to work All with things considered. Yeah. I like Charles. I, I think he's a he's a good player. He's an even better human being, and you need that type of guy in your locker room. Uh, but you know, it, it's the guard situation, man. And I, I was one of these people that said, you know, Brandon Sheriff, you know, I, I'm fine with letting him go. And I, I still stand by that. I'm not gonna retrace it say. Hey, you know Brandon Chaires should be good because as soon as I say that he's going to get hurt in Jacksonville next week, and he's going to be out for for three months, like he usually is. Like that—that's just how I see it. And you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. We can't retread like that. And this is what we do year in and year out. We talk about like with the the head coaches that that are in NFL now. That used to be on Mike Shanahan's staff, right? Like we we always talk about that every single week. We cannot escape it. But as far as the offensive line goes, man, they're not doing enough to help the offensive line. They're not doing enough. they're not putting tight ends in there like when uh, like against Philadelphia, Cosme was getting owned. Like his mom was getting paid child support by the uh the Philadelphia's uh, ends and everything. Still for what happened last week, yes. And they're not doing. They very rarely did put John Bates. If he's a hell of a blocker, put him on that right side and max protect with him. That's what you got to do. But you know, and I'm saying this as a as a you know not a guy who's like right now X's and O's every day. It's you know, and I'm saying this like, come on, guys, we got you got to get you got to do something right. It's just square hole round rampage. Uh, it, it, it's on every level, and, and uh, like I said, with this uh, offense. And then the C- Commanders, the Washington Commanders. <laughs> that's 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 what it is. We have the Washington Commanders. Andrew Norwell, uh, Trey Turner, all these guys that are former Panthers player. Well, y'all weren't winning in Carolina. What makes you think you're gonna change
0: it in Washington, bro?
1: It, it makes no sense.
0: Carolina's last time Norwell was even an efficient guard, and you yeah. know, I, I get it. Re- revisionist history, yeah. I can understand where me talking about Brandon Sheriff would make a lot of people roll their eyes, but it's to me is just very it it echoes the theme of this staff, this front office never has a backup plan, and it it's just it it's constant, right? I mean, you look mm-hmm. at Chase Rouye. They didn't expect possibly his recovery to go a little rough and this to possibly happen. And, you know, at Uh right guard, you, you let an all pro, a pro bowler, probably, you know, one of the best picks you've made in the last decade. I mean, I was cool letting him walk, too, but at the same time, you you think you can just replace that with Trey Turner, who, if you roll the, the, the film in Pittsburgh, gave you absolutely nothing to be excited yeah. about. He was old, and he was beat up, just like Andrew Norwell. 2017 being the last time either one of these guys even looked decent, and y- you talk about the draft. Yeah. You know, Kenyon Green, uh, Zion Johnson, Cole Strange were all on the board at the beginning of getting the second round, but oh, wait. You had to draft Phil Mathis, who's already out for the year, because you didn't keep Tim Settle, and you didn't mm-hmm. keep Matthew out nice, even though you told his agent that you would. Yep. So it's just I don't understand what these guys are doing, and I don't understand what the plan is. They don't have to explain it to me, and I don't want yep. to dictate my mental health. But don't expect us not to question you, Ron, right. and your quote-unquote plan. But Ron's plan is going to be the last thing we talk about today. Let's, let's talk about the other side of the ball here for a second. Uh, or just talk about some other factors of this game in general. Jonathan Allen with, with an interesting quote, talking about the officiating. If I'm being honest, they've, this felt very one-sided, but that's not the reason we lost. Pete Haley, happy birthday to Pete Haley over at NBCS Washington, said that talking about the officiating, clear cut is loser talk. Yeah, And I could not agree more. And Ron was even fueling this pity party. 11 penalties for 136 yards. I will say... Two huge plays negated by penalties, two interceptions taken back. I can understand where that would frustrate you as a head coach in the National Football League. But, I mean, then you got people on Twitter saying, oh, well, there should have been one for running into the punter, and there's a no-call on Dotson. But this team shoots themselves in the foot, and you already mentioned the lack of discipline. It was fourth and 27 at one point. Corey, Corey. I don't know about you. I want to get your thoughts on all this officiating complaining. It just sounds like loser talk to me, too. I could not agree with Pete Moore. I understand it's infuriating, you know. I every once in a while I'll, I'll lose my my top over some bad calls, but acting like that's the reason that they lost this game when they're getting their asses whooped on all pretty much every phase of the game yeah. is just absolutely loser talk to me. Yeah.
1: Oh no, it, it's it, it definitely is. You know, I I was hot over a lot of these plays, and I don't blame officiating. Uh, a lot of times, and one of my buddies, he came in my chat, and he—he's a, a high school official. And I asked him about the intentional grounding call. I'm like, "Do you have to be in the vicinity, or do you have to be on target with the ball?" I said, "I thought you have to be in the vicinity." Now, I will say this, and I'm going to coddle for a minute. Sean Smith was the referee for a crew where a guy got fired mid-season. If you go back to 2018. On Thursday night, I think it was Miami and Houston because of the ineptitude of one of his really? uh, one of his guys. So I, I'm just I'm not trying to feel fuel the fire, but then again, Ron, I always before the game after the game's over, I hold on to the stream now and I watch his press conference. And he said, the way he couldn't look at anybody, and he said, Yeah, I really wish we could have got some calls too. I was like, dude, you don't say that.
0: No, you, you don't, don't say that. Oh. Don't
1: say it. Do not say that. Like you got your ass handed to you with this brand flake offense that you were just like. like I was listening to Kevin Sheehan this morning as we get ready. To, we were driving down the road from a surgery, and he was talking about. I you know I, I really liked Rod's plan. Um, you know they they tried to do uh, a, a game plan that uh, you know that that was in front of them, it, it just gave them the best opportunity. The best opportunity of what? Not to almost lose. That's what the game plan was. It was game plan not to almost lose. That's what it was. and guess what? We got our teeth kicked in. That's exactly what happened.
0: You can play your worst game of the year, yes, on offense and still be in this game come the fourth quarter. Look That's just Tampa how bad Bay. we are. Look and, at how
1: bad Tampa Bay played and only lost by 10 on Sunday night. Look at and, that.
0: And you know the defense let's go in transition to them. <sighs> you know Cowboys going up uh the, of course, they get a field goal to start the game out and then they get that touchdown to Michael Gallup who, might might I add, Michael Gallup was kind of a late development. He comes into this game 29 receptions over 400 yards, four touchdowns, uh, commander's killer, if you will. But I mean, you know, like I said, you know, this was still a very close game come the end. You could argue that you know, this this commander's defense the last two weeks has been bended, but it hasn't exactly broken for the majority uh-huh. of it. Cowboys were one of five on third down at on one point. Zeke only had 36 yards and 11 carries at the half. They may Pollard and non factor. CD only had 50 yards at half. You know, Cooper Rush, you know, coming into the fourth quarter, though, 122.3 passer rating. He finishes the day 15 for 27, 223, two touchdowns, zero picks, only getting hit one time for six yards on the day. So, I mean, it, you just kind of take a look at some other numbers as, as, as you close out this Cowboys offensive performance in totality 19 to 49 for Zeke. Pollard's seven attempts for six yards. I predicted a big game for him. I got to chill out with all those bold predictions. But re- <laughs> receiving game, CeeDee Lamb got his eventually. Uh six for 197, uh, I think on eight targets, 30 being the long one. Noah Brown, uh big man having a big day, three for 61 on six targets. And then Gallup, two for 24 on there on that touchdown. I was referencing earlier. Only allowing 223 yards through the air two touchdowns, 45-yard being the long one. Explosive chunk plays obviously was a big talking point leading into this game. Some defensive leaders, Jonathan Allen, who continues to just be a national treasure for this commander's defense. Eight tackles, one sack, four TFLs, one quarterback hit, one batted pass. PFF grades Cam Curl ninety two point three solid game for him all around despite the outcome. Montez Sweat even though he's not getting the quarterback 81.0 PFF grade and then Derek Force who's just looked incredible so far to start the season at seventy six seven point six PFF grade. You know I'm definitely not blaming this side of the ball uh, even though I wouldn't say they haven't looked the best. Right. What did you make of the defensive performance overall? Obviously, Jack Del Rio has been someone who's been under constant scrutiny. It seemed like the pendulum started to swim or started to swing towards uh, Scott Turner. But what did you make of the defensive effort overall? These
1: get degrees. That's basically what it was. D's get degrees. Uh, you know, they they had they passed. That's exactly what they did. They they had a passing grade, and whether it's a D minus or whatever. But you know, you talk about Cam Curl, right? Uh, on that pass, uh, I think it was was it the one to Gallup at the end where he where Willie Jackson was on him and yep. Cam Curl kind of shake that and then, you know that's all Cam right? Uh, he's got to be the help. He's got to be that safety help over there. So that, that you know that was a that's a big play in the Grand scheme of the game. But how do you let old compact disc Lamb just eat you up? Like I mean, they ate there was up one there. point where it
0: was like three plays back. It to was back three plays in a row
1: crossing routes. It was a simple drag route, Parker. That's all it was. It's all they were doing. And he and they could not stop it. They got linebacker matchups on. They had Jamin on him, had Cole Holcomb on. Them. I'm like, gosh, what in the ham sandwich are we doing, fellas? It made no sense. He had his coming out party against us. And I mean, I think 56 of those 97 yards was on that one drive.
0: It's, it's something I knew every week. It was Devontae yeah. Smith's frail ass last week. Sam yeah, they had Mr.
1: Feed the Children on there. They had <coughs> little Mr. Feed the Children eating us up, eating Kendall Fuller up.
0: Oh, Kendall my Fuller, gosh, bro. I don't even know this. Ooh, 41.2 PFF grade for. Kenny oh, my Fuller. gosh.
1: Oh, and my God.
0: Benjamin St. Juice, 66.2. William Jackson, third, 53.6. Bobby McCain, like you said, should be charged. 51.3 PFF grade for him. Second level. These linebackers, man. Oh, you already talked about Cole Holcomb. He finished with a 59.8 PFF grade. Jamin with a 56.0. Jamin constantly, apparently, always being on the most explosive player on the field. This one being this week, CD, C.D. Lamb. I'd place prop bets on anyone or, 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 or on any of these explosive receivers that the Commanders are facing throughout the duration of the season because they always have their big game against us. And William Jackson the Third, you had Pac-Man jump.
1: Jo- oh yeah, Pac-Man, Pac-Man you on him. the timeline,
0: man. Yeah, I, just absolutely embarrassing. And William Jackson the after the game had some comments said, yeah, I was thinking I had a guy in the middle of the field on the Lamb touchdown, and I was just going to play it outside. But they did a good job creating a 2-2 and taking the safety out. He even complained about the officiating. I don't know about you, Corey, but real quick, I before we move to Ron, I saw some people throwing some hands up on that William Jackson touchdown to Lamb do you think that this defense is a little bit better with that William Jackson on the field? Maybe with BSJ having an increased role, or do you think maybe there's some animosity in this secondary? Because I'm kind of starting to see some symptoms.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it might be uh, kind of treated that way because Juice play Juice played well. Uh, he doesn't need to be playing on the inside. He he's been the best corner no. by far over the last uh, over the last four games, and it's not even close. Um, and there might be some animosity there. Uh, I and I think that Kendall Fuller needs to be moved to the inside because he's not, he's still on the outside. What are we doing? That's like back in 2016, Josh Norman was your best corner, you spent all this money on him, and he's covering the number two guy like for the first two games. Man, it was a
0: primetime game against the Steelers, Steelers and, and he was at, chasing everybody them, but AB, yeah, yep. everybody,
1: it, yeah. So I'm like, it, it just. It doesn't matter. The names can change. The team name can change. The head coach can change. It's the, It seems like it's the same stuff over and over again. I've said this all the last two weeks. I have seen less self-urination in a damn nursing home than I have seen with, with the Washington Commanders. It's like we sit here with the pissy diaper on all season and, long.
0: And then it's like, well, what do you want them to go to the podium and say, you know, they, they got to play better. We get it. But, I mean, it's just – you're they're beating it's a broken record at this point i mean just miscommunication and let's get to the final nail in the coffin of the funeral party here and that one being ron rivera who a lot of people after this performance have just quite frankly given up on his vision is in question after falling to one and three he started one and six and two and six the last two years he said it's time for this team to take another step Corey. he says You see enough to tell you to play better. We should play better. Well, no shit, Captain Obvious. And, you know, Corey, you had probably the quote of the week in regards to Ron. You said, I have more confidence in a home-cooked meal from Jeffrey Dahmer than Ron's plan right now. Oh, Dahmer's God. great, by the way. If you guys haven't checked that, i uh, checked check that out already. I'm probably going to watch it after this. It's better than watching Commanders football right now. Ah. But, you know, 5-15 and 15 to start these past three seasons. 12 of those 15 losses by two possessions or more. No leads in the last three games. Some Tim Meek statistics right there. You know, Ron said last year, everything we need is in this room and it's painted all over that locker room. But apparently we need a hell of a lot more than that because we are two and six since then, according to Grant Paulson, Uh, if it was up to him, Jay Gruden will still be the head coach, but that's a story for another day. Let's let's hear and talk about this fan disgruntlement here as we close out. Ryan had a very interesting statement, a very long winded one. So bear with me, but I thought it was some very interesting stuff is here in here. And I want to get your thoughts on it. He said, well, I'll tell you right now. A lot of things that I, do is not dictated to me by what's out there on social media. I like to believe I'm responsible and understand enough to know that the fans are going to be frustrated. I don't doubt that. I really don't. I understand the history of what's gone here for a while, and we're trying to change that, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be easy. If anybody thought it was going to be easy, they're crazy. I honestly tried to get that across last season, but let's be realistic about it. I get it. I understand it, and we're going to keep playing hard. That's the only thing we can do until we get the situation and to the point where we believe that this that that, that we are where we need to be. Everybody's in place. Everybody's healthy. Everything's rolling. It's not going to change. We're going to continue to work hard and continue to try to mature and grow as a football team this is going to take time it's a process now how much time do we have that's up to you guys whatever however and whenever it's looked at if we can paint a picture of hope we can paint a picture of growth and development paint a picture of doing things the right way we got a chance that's what i'm going to preach to our players you know we're going to focus in on what we do and and what we got to do like i said i understand i respect their frustration as fans i get it shoot i was in carolina when we showed up and they were two and 14. I heard the frustration. We work our butts off and try to get where, where it was. You know, I got there. I understand everybody's frustration, especially how proud this organization is. This organization's got five championships. You fucking kidding me. I get yeah. it. I understand how poor it is to win. Okay. But I also got to be realistic with what we have and what we're going to do. That's great talk right there. Now, some of it can improve. We can improve on as coaches and we have when we will. There is a sense of urgency that these things have to happen, and they're not going to happen until everything's in place and ready to happen. So, we got to continue to work and make sure that this is happening. As far as the players are concerned, they got to continue to grow. They got to mature. They got to understand and understand what their responsibility is as well. So, yeah, we get it. We understand it. It's the average fan on the street, or whether it's the average fan on Twitter or social media that wants to gripe. That's great. They're entitled to, but understand. We understand it. We get it. When you're in the league long enough and you've been doing it as long as some of us have, you know, with the downs, things are going to get tough. And with the ups, things get happy and everything's going to go well and everybody's enjoying life. So we understand what's at stake. We're going to continue to work hard, and keep pushing the same direction when it's ready to turn and flip it. And we got to do everything we can in the meantime, to try to expedite that. What do you make of just this? plethora of words that I really don't think have much meaning, but there were some interesting things in there. And I've been dying to hear your take on this, Corey. Uh, there's been a lot of fan policing, a lot of people questioning Ron's vision, obviously the civil war amongst the fan base. And he talks about Carolina, where you know, you look over there now and rules already lost the locker room. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ron Rivera's, you know, entire, you know, rant to the media today? Uh, to quote Will Smith.
1: Loosely, keep the fans' name out your mouth. <laughs> keep the fans' names out your mouth because that's what you do all the time when you get back to the hole. He's like, oh, I understand the fans. We get that. Like, if people out here say we demand an apology. No, I don't. I don't need an apology. I need you to go out there and win. and he, to to the point of um, it, it's not overnight that this changed. Did you know this as of today, October third? Year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-two, Ron Rivera has been on the job for the Washington Redskins football team, Commanders, for one thousand and six days. Just to put that in there,
0: and look where we are. This Love is a five-year it. plan, according yes. to Ron. Five yes, years, we got five championships too that he's talking about. He and, and that's the problem here is that he's talking about you know the rich history of this organization. I feel like because of how poor the foundation is here just you know he he comes in and all he's got to yeah. do is be a decent camp counselor and he's going to get the I mean, he's preaching a vision here that I feel like really has no end game. I mean, being a head coach here, of course, comes with a lot of shit. But, you know, what exactly in returns is he giving us at this point? I mean, we're year three in and I don't know if you notice this or not. You know, you talk about him being here for over a thousand days now with each year that passes. It's almost like the optimism and and the expectations are just getting lower and lower And lower. And, and, and we're being told to temper this and temper that. I agree. Talking about the fans in any way, shape, or form, yeah. those words should never have came out of his Good. mouth. Because at the end of the day, all we ask is to just have a a semblance of fun watching this game. And as far as I'm concerned, you guys aren't even competing. I mean, this is a joke. You can talk about how hard you're trying. Logan Paulson talked about that on the Command Center today. Well, these guys go out there, they're competing, they're trying. Well, I don't know about you, Corey, but, you know, if I was the casual fan or the Twitter fan, the the people that Ron's throwing into these designations, I want to turn this game off at halftime nine times out of ten the last couple weeks. So, I mean, I... I agree with you 100%. You keep the fans' names out of your mouth because as far as on-field product, we already know this team's a mess off the field. But on the field, your guys aren't showing up to battle, Mr. Uh, take Command, uh, former military boy scout. I I, I just – I don't know, man. It, eh. Ron is a guy that, you know, from the very beginning I've had his back and, you know, I, I, I've tried to understand the vision. But at the end of the day, you know – all he really offers is just a little bit more stability than we that, that that we didn't have here. I think that we're a better organization but I don't think we're a better football team so I mean, and then, you know, he talks about the things that he told the locker room, oh, we're improving on this, we're, we're better against the run. I don't buy it. And I think at the end of the day, all he wants or all he needs is for Dan Snyder to buy his bullshit. And I think as long as Dan's buying it and he's on one of his two boats and he's keeping everything really? at bay and Dan doesn't even have to worry about football. I think that Dan's going to buy into that five-year plan, and it doesn't really matter what us fans got to say about it. But, you know, if there was a general consensus right now, Ron Rivera, I think at this point, might actually be on the hot seat. And, you know, I mean, as far as positives is concerned, Corey, because, you know, I, I really do wish we were talking about a win right now. You know, we were updated a little bit by Ron today. Chase Young possibly a midseason return. But Ryan Robinson Jr., who was recently shot twice yeah. in D.C., being activated off the NFI list, possibly playing this Sunday, full participant in practice. Uh, hopefully he's going to bring some life to this offense because God knows they need it. But is he
1: calling plays? Say is Brian Robinson, R-
0: Robinson going to be calling plays? I mean, I, don't hold your ref, dude. Don't hold your Uh At this point, man, yeah. we're, we're going into week five against a very beatable Titans team, and I cannot feel any more pessimistic and you know people will probably say that i'm a pessimist in any way i i i champion my jamon davis takes my my carson Wentz takes but <laughs> i want to be right about something good but i yeah. just it comes to be what you expect with this organization and you know i almost feel bad for even making you come on the show post-op to talk about this game because it was just that Bad, but you know, on to week five, and you get the Titans, you get the Bears, you get the Packers, you get the Colts, you get the Vikings. It doesn't get any easier from here, no matter what they said about strength of schedule. You know, we open at the Titans open at, at 2.5 point favorites, it was only one point before kickoff in Dallas. Comment below, guys. Do you think this is gonna get any easier for the commanders? Do you think it's gonna get any harder for the commanders? Uh, you know, I, uh, the last one for you here, Corey, uh-huh. these Ron Rivera teams. Very well documented that they get hot late in the season. It happened last year, happened the year prior, happened in 2020, obviously with the entire you know magical little run with Alex Smith and whatever have you. Do you feel like that's going to happen with this team? Do you, I, I'm never going to believe that this is a team that's going to go out right and be two and fourteen. I, I really don't think Ron. Yeah. Would let that happen, but do you think this is a team that's capable of capturing magic maybe late in the season? And do you think that we'll be kind of singing a different tune maybe later in the year? Or what's your heart feeling as a lifelong fan?
1: My my heart feels that they're gonna they will they they're gonna win games that they shouldn't win, and they're gonna lose games that they shouldn't lose. And down the stretch, like they like down the stretch, this is what's gonna happen. And there's gonna be some. Ungodly game. It's going to be like a Tampa game, right? Like we might go out here and hit Green Bay and mouth. Should we? No, we shouldn't. But um, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's just like, yeah, this team is all even in its worst seasons. They're never the worst. They never can get that top middle draft of the pack. pack. They're middle of the pack somewhere in there. Like we we Chase Young's here. We were picking two. Uh, you know, and, and kind of talk about Ron, Just just kind of backtrack a little bit he always talks about, well, this team is young and developing. Parker, there's no damn body on this team that's young and developing, because most of these guys have been here for three-plus years. You got veterans all over the place. Sam Cosby is the only guy on the offensive line that's that's just coming into a sophomore season, so I don't know what he's talking about when they're young and trying to develop and play. That... That excuse was good Last Linebacker year.
0: may be the only other position I can think of that's the actually NFL. young. Because yeah. David Mayo, at one point was the only guy in that room that had been in the NFL for even five seasons. But then Holy you add bro, John Bostick. Then you got these two old-ass corners. Uh, most of these safeties being pretty old. The defensive line, I'm sure it's a little bit young. But, I mean, these guys have been in the league for a couple of years. They're they're all professionals. They they yeah. they, they can handle their business. I, I don't want to hear that youth movement bullshit anymore either. It's, it's, yeah. it's a crock. It is. It's a crock, man. So, I – I don't know, man. I I wish we had some more positive things to say, but I mean, you know, obviously losing to Dallas just sucks in general, you know, but you know, you, knew it was going to be tough sledding when you go to Jerry rolled, but at the end of the day, all I want, Corey, and I know all you want all commanders fans want is just to see this team compete. And that was the expectation this year. You get the quarterback you have the weapons on offense and now it's the car won't even start. I mean, it's right. you don't even, and and you don't even know what's wrong. You know, the check engine lights on, but you can't quite pinpoint what's wrong with the car. So I want these wheels to start turning more than anybody, but at the end of the day, you got to call things like you see it. And if you came to listen to some positive commanders talk uh, and, and you made it this far, I I'm, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, that's just where we are here at week four of the season. And man did i not expect things to be this dismal this soon but unfortunately this is all the time we have on the silence washington podcast if you're still here like i said thank you very much if you're watching make sure you guys subscribe do all that good stuff Corey, you know obviously we're hitting the hour here, man. I, I couldn't Appreciate thank you it. anymore for joining me. Obviously you were under the knife today. It's absolutely crazy. Like I said, uh, obviously thanks for joining, uh, pumped to be on your show on Wednesday. Please tell the yes, silent Washington listeners where they can find you, brother.
1: Yeah. You can find me on all social media platforms at Sanchez four Oh five. And also here on YouTube at, uh, at on the warpath, you just go if I on the warpath, you will find me pretty easily. Uh, you know, talking commanders, we always trying to make people laugh, even even in this dismal time. Uh, because there are some there are some bright lights. uh somewhere. Uh, I think we got to go change the bulbs. I think I got to – I can get to Walmart. But, you know, uh, just tell them the Black Wilford Brimley sent you there and only you can prevent forest fires. That made no sense. That's the anesthesia talking. But I appreciate you, Parker, for having me off.
0: Hey, the anesthesia can talk all night long. <laughs> Obviously, some of that stuff on North of the warpath cracks me up so much it shouldn't be free. But like you heard, the man – on the warpath, I'll be on the show this week. Uh, as far as sidelines is concerned, Cylons, uh, wft at gmail.com. If you're interested in being a contributor, send in 125,000 on Twitter right now at Cylons Sports Networks. Make sure you guys get on and join the family. We're always looking for new people. Uh, as far as Cylons Washington is concerned, silence underscore WFT on all social media. You click the link tree in the description below. Whether you're watching to us, listening to us, you can find everything Cylons Washington. By clicking the link tree, we've got a big announcement upcoming, guys. A new way you're going to be able to experience the sidelines Washington podcast, something we've been cooking up with the SSN. Really excited to share that with you guys when we can. Hopefully, that is on the horizon. A lot of football left, guys. Uh, a, a possible bullshit win streak, uh, in the fold here. Uh, we'll be back. Obviously, we're, we're Tuesday, Thursday kind of thing in the regular season. We'll be back in two days on Thursday with a very special guests to preview the week five matchup against the tennessee titans don't don't forget on the warpath wednesday as well me and corey gonna chop it up again live make sure you guys show up represent in in the comments and let's get the conversation going uh there's got to be some light somewhere like corey said but until then this wraps our post game this is the ssn signing off peace